finishing up our series today on Jonah. It's not about a fish. It's about an attitude. How many of you know your attitude will make you sail or make you fall? If you've got an attitude that God won't heal you, you won't get healed. If you've got an attitude that God doesn't prosper you, you will not prosper. If you've got an attitude that you've got an attitude, you'll have an attitude. Amen. What you really believe will show through the way you act, the way you live life, how you react to things. How many of you know, how many of you have, have, have not reacted to everything like you should have reacted? <laughs> Amen? Yeah. How many of you, somebody just, somebody was, was, was about to let me have it this week. She was kind of, she didn't understand. Gina says that I have a way with words sometimes that people don't understand. And so I was out there and I said something to this lady that I was working for. She said, hey, stop for a minute and let's talk. I said, oh, here we go. That, that was a bad thing to say for me to stop anyway. And she said, I need, to, I need to know. We need to clear something up right now. What you said was not correct. And I want to let you know this is how I feel. And it just, it just started to boil in me. I could feel it. You may know what I'm talking about. Yeah. She started bullying me, and I said, so what are you saying? She said, the way you, stu- the way you said it made it sound like that we did something wrong. And she was right, but I didn't want to hear it. How many of you do not want to hear when you said something wrong? When you know that you said it, when you know that you did it, you still don't want to hear it. Jonah went through this thing. That's exactly what Jonah went through. He knew, he knew without a doubt when he was in the belly of that fish that he, he did something wrong. He didn't follow what God had for him. He ended up in the belly of that fish. He prayed. He said, Lord, forgive me. He came back out of, this is how, how far we've gotten with this story. He, he was spit up out of the fish, come on shore, went into Nineveh, preached to Nineveh. Nineveh turned around, right? And he still yep. had an attitude problem. Yep. Sometimes God gives us everything we ask for and we still have an attitude problem. We still need an attitude adjustment. I must be talking to myself today. We still have to have an attitude adjustment every now and then. God, you know, we tend to focus on the negative more than we focus on the positive. God, listen, God sent this man. He didn't really want to go. He didn't even like those people. I'm kind of summarizing for you where we're at now. He didn't even like the people he was called to. There was over 120,000 people that were getting ready to meet their death if Jonah did not do what God had called him to do. After Jonah finally did it, the people turned, repented, and here we come to the story right now where we're at. Jonah looks at him and says, I'm still, I still don't like these people. I still don't care for these people. God still, I still want you to strike them down. So what we're going to do is we're going to start at the end of three where we took off last week. Now, the fourth chapter only has about 12 verses in it, so it doesn't take very long to get through. So what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Carrie read from the last of three to about verse eight. And then I'm going to ask you what is going on here. At the end of this story, I'm going to ask you. So this is a test. Mm. I'm going to ask you what's going on here. Okay, Carrie, you ready? Yep. Ethan, go ahead. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not 
carry out the destruction he had threatened. Amen. Keep going. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predict uh, if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, "It is right for you to be angry about this." Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And the sun grew hot. God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Okay, what is going on with this dude? What's going on with him? Somebody just, just, shout, just shout out. What do you think? What, what does this look like to you? There's got to be somebody out there. Attitude. Say that again. He had pouted long enough. Who else? Ungratefulness. He still hasn't surrendered. I heard somebody back here. Is that you, Don? He's a crybaby. Anybody else? I'm telling you what. I don't know. I think there was two or three people after last week's service said, Jonah reminds me of you. You know who you are. And even Carrie got that a couple of times, didn't you? Jonah reminded me reminded him of Carrie. Now Carrie's not Carrie's not Carrie's kind of he, he's a, he's more emotional than I am. But how many of you realize that some of us we just we just don't wear our emotions on our sleeve? And if you notice that that two of my boys are the same way I am. If you know them as well as as well as some of you do. And it's the funny thing about it is God seems to call people who don't seem to be qualified. Yeah, yeah, he has a habit of that. I, every year I hear from somebody that I'm not really qualified what I'm doing. I, I do, I hear, it, I hear it every year. I heard it probably a month ago that I, you are not qualified to do what you're doing. And, you know, I can sit here and whine and cry and grind, but, you know, when you think about some of the people like the Apostle Paul, some of the other people in the Bible, man, they, they people hated them. People wanted to kill them. I don't think eBay wants to kill me at this point. I don't think. But, I mean, what I've gone through the past 10 years is nothing compared to what... Have you ever heard Joyce Meyer's story? Have you ever heard Andrew Womack's story? Andrew Womack is one of, one of the greatest mentors that I have in my life. He's a, I've never met him, but he's, a, he's such a great, great teacher. And people give, write him death threats every week. They tell him how, how bad he is and how much, how much Satan has filled his heart. And he's, you know, they just, and these are, he said, mostly Christian people. 
and you know, when you, when you talk, when you hear the, the story about Joyce Meyer, Joyce gets death threats. Joyce gets people that, that write her every day that tell her what she's doing wrong. And it just amazes me. How many, how many, how many death threats or how many, how many negative things do you think Billy Graham got in all those years? And so really what, what I'm going through and really what any of us are going through in here is nothing compared to what some of the people out there have gone through. But, but you know, when a lot of times God, he picks people that really don't seem to be to the world qualified at all to do anything for the Lord. And I have to say with the, with the personality that, that, that really God has given me, um, when he called me to... to to ministry, he called me to ministry years ago. I've really been in ministry, involved in ministry all my life. Uh, my sister and I used to get up and sing all the time in front of our church when I was six, seven years old. I was playing the guitar and singing with my sister then in the little Nazarene church that we was in. So God, you know, he called me to ministry, of course, well, b- before I was born, right? But I had to receive it. I had to accept it just like you. If God has called you to ministry, you've got to accept the ministry, or you could just you can go all through your life not doing anything for the Lord. Jonah didn't quite, he didn't really want to accept the ministry that God had given him at this time because it didn't follow what Jonah wanted. He didn't like, he didn't like the, the Ninevites. He didn't like those people. He didn't like what they stood for. He said they were heathens, and if they were heathens, then God shouldn't even be messing with them. When I really accepted the call on my life, God gave me a burden for people. And I'm going to be honest with you, I did not know what to do with it. You may understand what I mean. Because of the personality that I have, I don't have a lot of sympathy. I really have to search for sympathy sometimes. I really have to try to understand because I would like to just get up and tell people, you know, if you're going to live that way, that's just stupid. You're going to, you're, you're going to just, you're going to mess your life up. If you want to do that, you go right ahead. I'll just sit here and watch you. Well, see, that's not really a pastor's way of looking at things. How many of you know that? And how many of you realize that those of us like Jonah and those like me, we, 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 with that attitude, with, with that, not just that attitude, but that personality that we're always tending to fight, we, we have to go beyond what the world sees us as and really be what God has called us to be. Gayla, you're looking at me like you want to say something. You all right? Okay, she's known me for a long time. Gayla used to be my secretary. And she has seen my attitude over the years. I think that's why she has that look on her face right now. God calls those who the world may not see as ministers. And as long as we hear, as long as we listen, we can do what God has called us to do. I know, I know, I know, I know I'm speaking to somebody in here because life is not about just you working and you getting up in the morning, you going up to work, and then you coming back home, having dinner, going to bed, and do it again. See, that's not what life is about because the few 80, the, the 80 or 90 years that you're here is very short compared to where you're going. Those of you who are born again, you know what I'm talking about. But it's really hard for our mind to even comprehend what God has for us past this life. Well, last week I stirred some people up when I said, you know, the most important thing for your kids is not their education. 
It's their spiritual walk. Ooh, I stirred some stuff up last week. Maybe that's why they're not here this week. But I stir some stuff up because we are so driven on how much our kids make, the money our kids make. Well, my child makes this, my child makes this. I'm, you know, I can really say I'm really pleased with my kids because my kids are, they're gonna make a lot more money than I am. I've already spoken over them and they're going to. But let me tell you, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is their spiritual walk. If you have a child, if you have a child in this church right now, you need to be putting them in somewhere in this church to be improving their spiritual walk. See, the, the, the younger kids should be coming up learning to teach. The older kids should be coming up learning to teach the younger. Yep. That's what it's all about. And see, we don't cater to, we don't cater to people here. And so that's, that's, you know, a lot of people that want to be catered to, they won't come here because this is a teaching church. And there's a big difference now between a teaching church and just a church where you can come in and just, you know, make your, make your, make your emotions feel good or whatever. So Jonah, he was, he was called to these people. He, was, he, he, he didn't like them. And now he's, he's at the point right now where he's sitting, up on, he's sitting up high enough. He's got to be sitting up at this place high enough to where he's looking over the city and he's waiting. He's still waiting for God to destroy him. Can you believe that? He's, he's still waiting for God to, to destroy him because he said, now, you know, I went through everything. Here's what he's really saying. I went through everything that I went through and I understand, God, that you're a, that you're a forgiving God, but still yet, these people are not your people. They're not your chosen people. I'm gonna stand up here until you do something about it. And so God gives him something while he's sitting up there in the heat. God gives him something to sit under. Gives him this little plant to sit under so he can have some shade. And then the wind comes up on him. That plant comes up in, in what, less than a day? Yeah. And overnight it withers. A worm comes up. The plant withers and dies the next day. He, does, he doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have shade anymore. He's still sitting up there waiting for God to do something. How many people are just still sitting there waiting for God to do something in their life? Waiting for a miracle to happen? I've talked to so many pastors in the past three or four or five years of small churches like this one because, you know, our country is mainly made up of churches under 100 people. Still, believe it or not. And... I've talked to so many of those pastors that, that have churches between 50 and, and probably 250. And the commitment level in the past five years of born-again Christians has dropped so much. The commitment level, I'm talking about the commitment level of people actually going to church 90% of the, of the year has dropped down to 60 to 50% of people who have been born again a long time. The commitment level is dropping, but when you get out of America, the commitment level rises. Yeah. Why is that? Why is that? So many believers have that Jonah attitude. And I believe so many pastors still have that Jonah attitude. Amen? Yeah. Okay, so you guys ready to finish this? Let's go. 
Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Is that not an abrupt ending? How many of you have ever thought that that was an abrupt ending? Why would that end right there? First of all, we have to consider the one who probably wrote it which was more than likely Jonah himself. Every time I have read Jonah, I thought, where is the rest of that story? (laughs) Well, for some reason, he stopped right there. Anybody want to make a comment on why did he stop right there? Yeah, I don't know. Is that when he had an aha moment? Yes, ma'am. Hmm, okay. Who else? What did she say? What did she say? <laughs> say it again. Uh, so the people who read it could think about what he said. Yeah. Uh, maybe I paused to think about it. Yeah. 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 Kind of got slapped. Kind of got slapped. Yeah, in other words, it's what like. What do you say? What do you say after you've disobeyed for four chapters? This story actually ended showing the difference between Jonah's heart and God's. It stopped right there. Showing the difference between Jonah's heart and the loving heart of God. Jonah had not, still not changed his heart after all that. Yeah, and we, got, we, we need to look at this story as in a whole. When Jonah was on the boat, let's, let's think back a couple of chapters. When Jonah was on the boat, do you realize if you need to read that? How many of you have been here for the whole three weeks? Okay, several of you. When Jonah was on the boat, you have to remember that those sailors, huh? they were saved because of this. All those people at Nineveh in this generation We're saved, but do you know years after this what happened to Nineveh? It's not in the story. Does anybody know? Nineveh fell and was destroyed in another generation. Now, saying that, was that Jonah's fault? Many times we as leaders, we think that, oh man, you know, something happened, the next generation comes up and something happens, it's our fault. It's not our fault. You see, but we have to do what God has called us to do. Anybody else? I think that the love of God is always the final answer. <laughs> okay. That was it. That was the 
He said, he said the love of God it was the final answer. Okay, I gotta tell you something that the rings told me this morning. Excellent story. I'm gonna remember this from now on. They had a pastor that was, and I'm just gonna make it real short. He could probably tell it better, but I'm not gonna ask him to come all the way up here. But they had a pastor who God told him to go, he, he came out of a building and there was, this, there was this guy, he had this old beard, come down to here, and snot was running out of his nose and, and it, you could tell that he hadn't had a bath and he, was just, he looked just plump, pitiful. How many of you would like to just walk right by? Well, the pastor came out of the building and God said, go kiss that man. Linda said, I don't think I'd have done it. He said, he, he pondered with that for a moment. He said, how, why would God ask me? To, that, that is just completely ridiculous. I'm not, why would I want to kiss that man? So his flesh said, why would I want to kiss that man? But he did it anyway. He went up and kissed that man on the cheek and that man was all of a sudden delivered. He had his mind back just from obedience. Is that not awesome? How many times have you been told to kiss someone? I mean, not, 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 maybe not physically go kiss somebody, right? But how many times have you been told to go pray for somebody? How many times have I been told to go pray for somebody? I mean, I see a lot of people all, every week. I mean, I don't, I don't see them for a long time, but I see a lot of people and and some people don't even know who I am. I've told you that story before. Some, some, people, some people come back at me positive, and then some people come back at me negative. I was working for somebody the other day, and, and uh, I told him I had a graduation to go to that night. And they said, really, who's graduating? I said, my son. He goes, oh, what school, what college is he graduating from? I said, Bible school. They went, oh. <laughs> I said, we try to get all of our kids to first go to Bible school. Because when you first get them to go to Bible school, at least one or two years, it helps to lead them to where they're going. When they, get, when they understand their spiritual walk, they may go into business after that. They may want to go to school after that. But when you put them in Bible college first, it gives them, it gives them direction to go where they need to go afterwards. I know Gene and I are really strange in that area, but that's what we believe. We truly believe that, that that gives them direction. So we finally figured out here that this story stops right there because we need to understand that the heart of Jonah still did not change. After all that God said, after all that God did, after saving over 120,000 people just by obeying God, just by his obedience, he still came out with a negative attitude. And he got to write about it. Amen. How many of us are, once again, like I said from the very beginning, how many of us are going to write about our negative attitude? Jonah must, have, Jonah must have had something come out of this. Had a heart change. You think he finally had a heart change? Amen. We don't like to show our negative side until we learn, do we? 
Here's one thing I got out of this for myself. We concern ourselves with a lot of things that just don't matter. We actually take up our time with a lot of things that don't make any difference at all. He took up most of his time complaining. He sat up on that hill or up on that place where he could see the city for no reason at all but to feel sorry for himself. Sometimes, I know you can't believe this, but sometimes I get to feeling sorry for myself. Anybody else in here? What are you guys laughing at? I get to feeling sorry for myself because I'm not where I need to be, where I think I should be. I'm not making the money I think I should make. I'm not, Gina's not treating me the way I think she should treat me. Glad you guys got a kick out of that one. I get to feeling sorry for myself and, you know, I just sit around and, and just mope and come on. There's not one person in here that, that hasn't done that. Not one. We see, some, we see somebody else prospering and we're not prospering the way they are and we wonder what is going on. Why is God, they're not any better than I am. Why is God prospering them more than me? We just go on and on and we feel sorry for ourselves and we are wasting time. We're wasting time. When my mom died, it took me six months to get a clear mind. More people left this church in that six months than I think the whole 10 years that we've had this church. It's because people got tired of waiting on me. I really think they did. I think sometimes they just got tired of, they just got really tired of watching me not really be interested. And for six months, it, my mind was just not there. I never thought, I'm telling you, I never thought I would go through that. I never thought I would do it. I never thought I would feel so sorry for myself. I never thought that I would get to the point to where I would sit. You know, I took three months off last year. I did not work for three months because I couldn't get my mind straight. And then after a certain time, you know, I started listening to the Lord a little more. And he, and he said, you know what? You, you're going to have to go on because your mother's expecting you to go on. Your father-in-law's expecting you to go on. We got people up here expecting you to go on. Amen. You've got another generation coming up. You're going to have to bring that generation up. You've got a lot of things to do. I told you not too long ago, when we were in the hotel, God told me, you've still, this church has a lot of things to do still. But you've got to wake up. We spend a lot of time on things that, we really, that really just don't make any difference. And today, God told me this morning when I got up, we're going to be delivered from wasted time. Because we've got too much of it. He said, all those who are here, the ones who are going to be here this morning are the ones that are ready to be delivered from wasted time. So what that means is, is that's you. It's time for you to be, to, to, to be delivered to no longer have a life full of wasted time. And so we're all going to actually believe. We're going to pray. We're going to thank the Lord that we're being delivered. You're going to be delivered from that right where you are this morning. I'm going to be delivered from that from now on. 
We are going to be delivered from, the time, from, from all that stuff that gets in the way. That we're spending too much time. Amen. Stand up with me. Father, we're just going to let your spirit move in this place right now. Hallelujah. Father, we're just going to let your spirit move in this place right now. Hallelujah. Father, we are not going to sit here and feel sorry for ourselves because our life is not going the way that we want it to. We're not going to feel sorry for ourselves because our spouse is not acting like we want him or her to. We're not going to feel sorry for ourselves anymore because we don't have the money that we think we should have. Because all that is a waste of time. Father, we are being delivered right now. There are some minds in here just like that, just like that man that, that the rings pastor went up and kissed that, that day. We are being delivered right now. Some of us are getting a kiss from the Holy Spirit right here, right now. We have wasted so much time of our short time here on earth. We have wasted so much time on things that don't matter. Fathers, we have learned from Jonah that he just griped and complained and moaned about the things that weren't going his way. Father, we thank you that you could still work through a griper. That you could still work through somebody that had a, that had a bad attitude. But Father, he knows himself that he wasted a lot of time. So Father, right now I'm praying that deliverance over each and every person in this room. Father, their mind is being set free from the things that just don't matter. They're going, to be th they're, going to, they're going to wake up today knowing that, you know, why am I spending time on that? It's, going to, it's just going to be like a light bulb that comes on in their mind. Why am I doing this? Why am I spending time on this? Why am I griping? Why am I, why am I complaining? Because my, li oh, my life has been given to me by the Lord, therefore I need to live it for Him. So Father, right now I just thank you in Jesus' name that we are being delivered from all those things that are getting in the way. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.